Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, and we are back. Um, one, I want to say Merry Christmas, just because I don't know when you're going to listen to this, so just letting you know, Merry Christmas. And guess who's finally back? Who? You. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hey guys, I'm glad to be back, um, and I'm sorry it took that long to come back, but I'm here now. Well, you were on vacation in PR, and then you got sick. <laughs> yep. Been a couple of days in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. N- not a not Thanks a. Try to recover. Definitely. Yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those seasons, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's good to have you back. Um, it's good to have that extra person to speak to. Yeah, right. Because I can never answer my own questions. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if I do, then I got some issues, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, I got a question. Okay. Um, so, what would you do if you... And I know nowadays, it's it's not it's not really a big deal. But back back in the day, um, if you were to find out that someone you found attractive was not what they said, well, not what they said because they didn't say anything, but not what they proclaim or show to be, how would you react? That is, that is such a tough and loaded question um just because i'm old school like i'm 45 years old Mm -hmm. um this new all this new stuff of um pronouns and transgender and i forgot the letters but i'm sorry um lgbtqia plus i'm I'm confused by all of it. I'm an ally of them. I know that they, you know, they are humans like all of us, and they mm-hmm. should be, and they should be, you know, have all the rights that we all have. Um, but to answer your question honestly, back in the day, if a person that is going through what I call the change of being man to women, mm-hmm. but they don't fully have, they haven't mm-hmm. done the operation, I guess is the right way to say it. Yeah. Um, people will be mad and 
the the most common thing they probably get beat up because why you know why are you doing that to me you know you're a dude why didn't you just tell me up front and if i liked it that we could we could have been together compared to now it's like it's different yeah but back when i grew up it was yeah not so much frowned upon but you know just just say what you are and who you are and if, you know, if people liked it that or once they get to know you, then it was, you know, it's easier to say the truth from the beginning back then. Yeah. So, and I, I don't want people to go and assume that, oh, that's that's your response of how you feel um, for you. It was just the circumstances of back then is what you're, you're giving a general answer. Yeah, I've, I've never, I never personally experienced it um, at all. But I know people that have experienced it, and I know people that were that were going through what I because what my words are to change from male to female, female to male, and got beat up because of it. Yeah. because they you know they want they were interested in someone, and they didn't say you know didn't tell them that you know who they are and what they would you know, what they were going through and what they, you know, what they thought they were. It's, I guess that's the right way to say it. But yeah. no, my personal experience, no, I don't, I've never experienced anything like that. But I have, I have friends that were going through the chains and, you know, the, the stories that they told me. Plus mm-hmm. friends on the other side as well that I really liked this girl and then found out it was, you know, they weren't born that way. Yeah, no. Definitely yeah. back in the 90s, it was very, um, well, not just in the 90s, in the early 2000s. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it was very, especially if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, to kind of have that mentality of acceptance, not, and not like how it is today, you know, where we can be like, okay. I understand this. I get it. You know, it's okay. I'm cool with it. You yeah. know, um, back in the day, a lot of people didn't have that understanding. A lot of people didn't care to have that understanding. Right. You know, and yeah. that is the craziest um, thing is knowing not is being in that form of change and not knowing how that person's going to react is the scary part. So you're probably right. wondering, uh, you're probably wondering why am I asking that kind of question, especially a fully loaded question like that, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, it was a loaded question. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. it was a bombshell that I just yeah. towards you. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, there was a reason for the question. And the, yeah. the reason is, and I don't know if you ever heard about when Aroha, Arojo. Me? No. Okay. So, I'll give you a quick background about her, and then I'll jump into um, what exactly happened to her. Okay. So, Gwen was, and in the whole, in this whole case, I will refer to Gwen as either Gwen or her, um, just yeah. because out of respect, and that's who 
she felt she was. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what she was, yeah. That, that is her name. That's who she is. Yes. Yeah. So right. she was born on February 24th, 1985. So she's actually a year younger than me. Right. So that's pretty cool, you know? Um, and she was born in Brawley, California, but she was born as Edward Ar Arujo. Um, and she was born to her fa to father Edward and Sylvia uh, Guerrero. Yeah. Um, so her parents unfortunately had divorced when she was only 10 months old, which, you know, it's like sad, you know, but it happened. So, um, but back to her. So she came out as um, trans transgender in 1999 at the age of 14 and began using the name Gwen after a really awesome musician named Gwen Stefani. We all know her. She's was from No Doubt. You know, she's awesome sauce. I love her. Um, <laughs> but she also went by Wendy and Lita, which I'm like, why did you go by those names? I like Gwen better, you know? <laughs> yeah. So... She began to grow her hair long. Um, she planned to undergo hormone treatment and surgery. Um, her older sister said that she was bullied in junior high school because of her voice and her bearing. So when she transformed to an alternative high school and did not return for the 2002 and 2003 academic year, um, well, she went to a different high school, so that way she can be, so she doesn't be bullied anymore. Um, right. instead of continuing on with everybody else, she went to a different school, so that way no one knew who she really was and her yeah. background details. They just saw her as Gwen, you know, and it made her feel like, okay, I can be this person. And no one, no one knows the truth. No one can go and be complete douchebags to me, you know? Right. Um, literally getting a brand new start. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's where she met Michael Madison, Jose Morel, uh, Jarun Nabors, and Jason Castillo. Casares, in late August, uh, early September of 2002, when she went to that alternative school. Okay. So, how do I put this? It's just like your head is like, okay, how do I, how do I get, you know, <laughs> there? So, now she met them in that school that she went to, um, and... Mm -hmm. The night that they met her, she flirted with all all four guys, um, and they smoked marijuana together. And then after she left, uh, Jerron asked the other three guys, "Could that be a dude?" Yeah. 
and but no one no one was like sure about it so the four of them they took the thought like they they took the thought seriously um but later she would you know engage in oral oral sex with michael and then she would do like anal sex with um jose she claimed that you know that she was menstruating so during the sex and then during sex she would push her the partner's hands away from her her region um to prevent them from discovering that she still had a male organ and yeah. normally i would say these parts is just i i, I don't want to okay i really don't want to um so now there's another person involved with this and it's not another guy it's a girl um so nicole brown who was dating poor morel which is jose's older brother um and was acquainted with with gwen said that she and gwen had engaged in a physical fight after nicole challenged gwen to strip for the men um gwen surprised her with a strong blow during the fight and nicole said said the men were tripping because she was smaller than me and just as strong she fought like a guy mm. which i'm like that doesn't mean that she's a guy it just means that she knows how to you know give one hell of a punch you know mm. There are smaller chicks that know how to give that good punch, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the four guys, you know, they was constantly in that debate of whether she was female um, or not. And they concluded that something bad could happen to her if she was not a female. Right. So... Now I'm going to jump into when everything took place. So you know all the game play, all the people in this whole puzzle. Um, So let's just go ahead and go down to this night, which is the most horrible night um, I think anyone could have experienced, um, especially in her situation. So on the night... I think I went to, I have my notes and my notes are being crazy. So on the night of October 3rd, 2002, uh, Gwen attended a party at a house rented by Jose and Paul Morrell. Um, and they even attend, were there as well with their younger brother, Emmanuel. Um, also Michael Madison, Gerald Nabar, and Jason Kaz- Cazares and Nicole Brown were there. So Jerron um, later he'll testify saying that Jose said that the night said that night, okay, I swear, if it's a bleeping man, I'm gonna kill him. If it's a man, she ain't gonna leave. So already their mentality coming into this night was if we do not have proof that she is a girl, we're done. It's done. 
It's over with, you know, which instead of just saying, you know what, if she's not a girl, then let's just have her. She has to leave the party. Let's not deal with her anymore, which that would have been the more smarter thing, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled. Like, okay. I'm puzzled with Jose so far. Above everybody else. Explain. Well, okay. So she had over with one dude, and I think it's Jerron. Uh, but she had sex with Jose. Wouldn't you try to find that out before you have sex? I mean, and I understand they're all teenagers and teenagers' brains don't work. True. Yeah. That old saying that the small head outweighs the big head. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And this case is definitely true. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled, so I'm going to let you continue. Okay. Um. So, in the early, in the early morning hours of October 4th, Wait, did, uh, wait, I missed the part. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Let's go back to the night of October 3rd. Um, so according to Jerron, um, Michael added, I don't know what I'm going to do. Whatever. And then, so Jerron replies back saying, whatever you do, make sure you don't make a mess. So they knew that they were going to go and do something. But he's like, just don't make a mess, man. Which I'm like, what? The best, the best way to avoid making a mess is to leave it alone. Take the higher yeah. road. Be the bigger person. And be like, listen, I get it. You want to be whatever you want to be. But you know what? Lying to me about who you are mm-hmm. is the first rule of breaking a friendship. So now you have to leave. That would have been the smarter yeah. way to go about things. But once again, like you even yeah. said, hormonal teenagers don't always think with the appropriate mind. Right. Or the appropriate um, organs, if we want to put it correctly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Nicole said the four guys were out at a club together and did not return to the house until after midnight. Now, how true that is, it's like, mm, don't know. Yeah. So, in the early morning hours of October 4th, which is the next day, uh, Michael asks Gwen to reveal her sex or allow him to touch her private, which she refused. Obviously. You know, because either way, even if you're a girl or guy, you're gonna, like, no, why do I gotta show you my private parts? I'm not marrying you, so I don't have to do that. There's no need, you know? Um, Brown, Nicole, Nicole Brown, she suggested that one of them should inspect Gwen and Michael took Gwen to the bathroom after an, after half an hour during which Jose later confessed he had sex with Gwen. Nicole Mm -hmm. went to the bathroom where she discovered Gwen had male genitalia during a forced inspection, which is like, so you guys just could not respect 
her boundary and her personal space, you know, and understand that, you know what, whether, whether she is or isn't, is nobody's concern. You don't disrespect somebody's body, you know, because she wouldn't like it if somebody was to go and just shove their hand up into her underwears and say, oh, okay, you have a female productive system, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm like, okay, you the, these people are just so effed up, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Nicole was surprised and blurt out, she's a... I mean, Good. This is her exact words. Mm-hmm. It's a effing man. She didn't say effing, but I just said effing because yeah, I, I yeah. agree. And Everybody the understands what means. <laughs> yeah, um, and the men with whom she had had sexual relationships became enraged and violent, and they just and it's not. It's not an excuse, and I'm not saying it's an excuse, but they explode because of the fact that they're like, "Wait, I, I I'm not gay. I had, I thought I was having sex with a female. What, what?" So I understand right. where they would get mad because of not knowing who they were actually having sex with. But at the end of the day, what happens next is a no need situation, and there's like no need for what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Nicole later testifies that she warned Gwen that the men were very angry, but upon exiting through the front door, Gwen was confronted and forced back inside the house by Michael, uh, Jerron, and... Jason. Um, Emmanuel Morell testified that he also tried to escort Gwen away from the house, but was prevented by Michael and Jer- yeah, Michael and Jerron, which that right there tells you they already had the mindset of she she's not going to walk away. This is going to be handled by them, which I'm like, not cool, you know. Which me yeah. being Emmanuel, I'll be like, listen, yeah, leave her. Let let's leave her alone, you know. I would have put up a fight because being that you're a guy, right? Emmanuel was a guy. He can go and escort these people out of his location, or better yet, he can go and be like, no, it's not happening. You know. And while he's fighting these guys, which would have gave her time to run away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is just, it's, it's bonkers what happens, mm-hmm. but I'm going to continue. Um, so Jason Morell vomited upon learning that Gwen was anatomically a male then began to cry in disbelief, saying, I can't be effing gay. Mm -hmm. And this is where I want to correct everybody. Just because you have a sexual relationship with a man, with, not really a man, but a transgender 
um, person does not mean that you're gay. You saw Gwen as a female. So in your mind, right. you had sex with a female. You're not gay, right. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, let me, let me, go ahead. let me interject that. She didn't consider her a man, herself mm -hmm. a man, excuse me. And when the, the guys that had sex with her, whether it was oral or whatever, oral or whatever, um, they did it because they thought she was female. So the only way you're gay is that you know that the person that you're having a relation with is a man, if you're a boy or whatever, you know, um, in this case, man, a boy again with boy. So you already know that you would, that the person you're having oral sex with or any other sex with is a boy. They did not know this. She acted as a girl. She was a girl in, in every aspect except for her genitalia. Exactly. So I don't understand this. I mean, this was a common kind of thing back then. Yes. To be to be a hundred percent. You know, I thought she was a girl, but she's not, so I must be gay. And back then we didn't understand. No. She she's a woman, you know, she considers her herself a girl and you thought she was a girl when you were making love to her or whatever. She you you're not gay that way. You know, that's not you know, you can't be gay in that aspect, but the mentality and the really the not knowing and not being yeah not knowing and not being educated and this you know i'm trying to phrase this correctly and it's not going to come out correctly um not being knowledgeable on all these different types of sex sexualities that people have been experiencing makes you mm -hmm. sound stupid and look stupid true so okay no you're okay. you're you're definitely right um yeah. so nicole testified also that she tried to confront um jose after the discovery saying it's not your fault i went to high school with you and you were on the football team any woman know that knows you after this is not going it's not going to matter just let her go so it's like okay so two people are trying to explain to this guys yo it's not gonna matter this is not important just let's let her go it makes no sense mm -hmm to do anything you know granted you're upset but it's not important you know let it go let's go and apparently um that is not the case that happened so after Gwen was brought back into the house um michael grabbed her grabbed at her skirt and underwear in an attempt to expose her her region um her private area um, he then proceeded to punch her in the face, knocking her to the ground and put her in a chokehold. But he was pulled off by the other guys. So Gwen begged 
the men to stop saying, no, please don't. I have a family. And that's where I'm like, yo, right there. Um, Because I also saw the movie that is based on this. And hearing those words is where you just, you break. You break because it's like, dude, it's not like she was going to go and tell anybody. You know, all she's saying is, okay, you hit me. You guys got it out of your system. You made me feel humiliated. You know, let me just go home. I have a family that loves me, that needs me, that I need them. You know, let me just go. And that is not the case, you know. (sighs) I can't get emotional again. (laughs) So, um, Jose Morel became angry and struck and struck her in her head with a can of food um denting the can and opening a cut on her head and then he struck her again with a frying pan the last words jose heard jose heard gwen speak were i told you I was sorry. Now, at some point after that, Nicole woke Paul, um, and then and they left the house with Emmanuel. And Emmanuel later testified he walked into he walked to a convenience store to buy gum, and then went to a friend's house to spend the night. So. Jerron and I'm trying to remember what was uh Cazares's um first name. Jason. J- yeah, Jason. So Jerron and Jason, um whew, I, I think I just jumped. Okay. Yeah, they left in Michael's truck to retrie- retrieve shovels and a pickaxe from Jason's house, saying as they left the morale house, right? That the other men were going to kill that bee. Wow. Brown recalled that after she had left with Paul, they drove around the block and returned to the house to see that Jerron and Jason leaving in Michael's truck. So when they returned, Gwen was still concussed, bleeding from her head wound and sitting on the couch. Jason became concerned that Gwen was bleeding on the couch and ordered her off of it. At some point, the assault continued. Um, So Jerron and Jason urged the others to knock the bee out, which is like... Dude, you guys did enough. She's bleeding. She's concussed. She's not fully there, coherent. All you had to do was, if you don't want to be caught or charged for assault, it's not like she's going to do it, you know, because then it reveals of what, of who she is. Well, anatomically, who she is. Not who she is as, you know, a person. But um, right. they could have just went and t- 
took that truck instead of getting shovels and pickaxes they could have just took the truck put her on the bed of the truck and then left her at the hospital drove away right. and had nothing to do with anything you know but instead they chose the wrong path um you know my opinion <sighs> So, according to Jerron's um, testimony, Madison, uh, Madison, um, Michael hit her head against the living room wall with his knee, rendering her unconscious. Then Jerron testifies that Michael assaulted, Michael's assault was so severe, it left a dent in the wall and cracked the plaster. So that's a lot of force. Just saying. That is a lot of force. Um, then Jason kicked her. Jose was concerned with cleaning Gwen's blood off the couch and carpet before retreating to his room so the others would not see him cry. And this is where I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. You want to go to your room and cry privately, but yet you have no problem hitting a defenseless woman just because she's not fully a woman yet. And that's where I want to say you have no right to go to your room and sit and cry and have that luxury. That's my opinion. Yeah. That, that's a second move. Yeah. In my opinion. It's like, how do you act big and bad in front of your boys, but then you gotta be a... You you feel you have a right to go to your room and cry privately. Like, oh my God, I'm the victim here. I need to go to my room and cry. No, you lost that victim mentality when you decided to strike her, when you decided not to just let her leave. You know? So then, after Gwen was knocked unconscious, um, Michael bounded her wrist and ankles. Um, then she was wrapped in a comforter to minimize the amount of blood staining on the carpet. Um, before being carried to the garage of the home. After this, the defendant's testimonies, um, they diverged. Yeah. So Jerron um, testifies that Michael strangled her with a rope and that Jason struck her with the shovel. But Jerron was returning from the garage and did not actually witness the act of strangulation, referring to Gwen as Lita, Lita uh, the name she had used with them. So, Jerron testified that he saw Michael raising the rope to her neck before he left the garage. And then Michael later told the others that he had wrapped the rope around Lita's neck and twisted it. According to Jerron, Michael wasn't sure if Lita had died from twisting the rope 
but once Jason hit her twice with the shovel, he knew she was dead. Then Michael testified that it was instead Jerron who strangled her and struck her with the shovel. And Jason testified that he never struck her and did not see her die. Then Jose testified that he was cleaning up Gwen's blood out of the carpet and the couch as Michael was binding her ankles prior to her being taken to the garage. Then Jose also said he thought he she was still alive until he saw her body in the bed of Michael's truck. So it is not clear at what point during this sequence of events how she died when she died um we just know that in this in this gap moment is when they put an end to her life um so but the autopsy states that she died from strangulation associated with a blunt force trauma to the head. Now, the blunt force trauma could be from the, the can and the frying pan. Remember, she did get hit earlier with the the can, the can and that it cut her head. And she was that's where she was also bleeding. She did also get hit with a frying pan afterwards. So that could be the um, blunt force trauma or that... Or the shovel added with what happened previously can be that blunt force trauma. Um, so there's there's that whole like okay so what what blunt force trauma actually did the damage you know I my personal yeah, opinion I, both <laughs> yeah both for sure um, but didn't she I know that she got knocked unconscious. She never woke from that, didn't she? Um, so she went unconscious about, I think, two to three times. Um, the last time oh, okay. she went unconscious is when they took her to the garage. And, well, when she went unconscious, they binded her. They bound her. Um, and then they took her to the garage. And that's when, that's when they ended her life. Yeah, so all of that could be the blood force trauma, the the can, the frying pan, and the shovel shot. The shovel and remember, she also he um one of the boys also kicked her, uh, in the head, yeah, it, hitting the plaster. Michael, I be I believe it was Michael. Yeah. Um. You know, and that, like all these stuff that they did to her, that all can be part of the blunt force. Blunt, blah, blunt force trauma that contributed to her death, you know. Yeah. Um. So then, according to Jose, Michael said he was not sure she was dead until they struck her with a shovel. Which I'm like. That that still doesn't make make sense. Like, why would you hit her with a shovel to see if she's still alive? Why not just put your fingers on her neck 
and feel for a mm-hmm. heartbreak. You know? Yeah. So she was then placed into the bed of the pickup truck and the four the four idiots. I'm not gonna call them men. I'm gonna call them idiots. The four okay. idiots drove her body four hours away to bury her near the uh, okay Sierra Nevada mountains in a shallow grave uh, in the El Dorado National Forest near Silver Fork Road in El Dorado County. On their way home, they purchased breakfast at a McDonald's drive through window. So, my mind, you guys had no problem, okay, killing this poor girl, okay, for really no, no real reason. No real reason, okay? And then you have the audacity... To go and eat. Like you. you. I always find it really like disturbing. When killers. They'll kill somebody. And then they'll. They'll sit down and eat. Like nothing happened. Like this is just an, a normal Monday morning. You know. Yeah I mean. Anybody else. Will probably be throwing up somewhere. Exactly. Nah. Oh, let's go to McDonald's. I'm hungry. Um, That's not a normal reaction. No, it's not. It's 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 disturbing. Yeah, for sure. Um. So then, later that morning during a phone conversation, Nicole asked Jose what mm-hmm. happened, to which he replied. Let's just say she had a long walk home. Wow. Which I'm like, I I could I could understand why you would say that if you were to like say you know what, yeah we're gonna take you home. We're not gonna beat you up. We're gonna take you home, and you would have just left her in El Dorado and have it where she has to walk four hours, which it would have been longer because you know she's walking, you know home. Mm-hmm. And have it where, okay, that's your lesson. You know, you fucked with us. We're going to make you, we're going to drive you far, far away. And now you got to figure out how to get back home. But instead, you guys, you guys killed her. So there's no walking home, you know? Right. So I, I think that's just like, what the fudge? Um, But once again, he's also not going to admit what he did because he doesn't want to get caught. Right. Um. Yeah. So, now, leading to the arrest, partygoers did not report the crime. Of course not. And the uh, um, assailant said nothing to anyone about murdering Gwen, usually checking in with her mom. Of course, my God. So, when she did... So... Normally, she would, you know, call her mom, let her mom know, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. So when she did not come home the day after the party, her mother called the police. And Mm -hmm. on October 5th, 
she made she filed a missing report. Police yeah. did not initially take the missing person case seriously, partially because she was transgender. And remember, once again, at that point, not a lot of people was accepting of transgenders and they were just like, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was known to stay away from home overnight. So rumors reached her family that a girl who had been outed as transgender at a party had been killed and buried in Tahoe. Um, and her aunt called the police on October 9th to pass the story to pass the story to them. Police began to interview the partygoers, and one of them led the police to the to Jose's, no, not Jose's, yeah, Jose's house. Yeah. Um. So then, two days after Gwen was reported missing, a friend of Jason, I mean Jeron Nabars. Um, described him as appearing distraught. Bitch, what do you got to be distraught about? I'm sorry, I did not want to curse today. Ugh. I'm trying to get back on Santa's good list, and this, 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 this is not helping me. Um, so Jerron had confessed to a friend what the four had done shortly after returning. From the gravesite, that friend tipped off the police Good. and agreed to wear a microphone during a sus- subsequent, subsequent? Uh, yeah, subsequent conversation with Jerron about the murder. Confronted with the recording, Jerron agreed to lead the authorities to the body on October 15th. Which I'm like, okay, granted, they didn't want nothing to really do with this, the police, so shame on them. But then they acted very quick and going and saying, you know what? At the end of the day, she's a person, you know? We need, she needs yeah. justice. The family wants justice. This has to be concluded. Or maybe they just knew backlash would happen. So, whichever one yeah, it is. Yeah. They probably would have lost their jobs if they didn't, you know, because there's now proof. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the guy, the mother reported it, and now one of um, Jerron's friends is reporting it. Like, if you don't follow this case, you know, if you don't follow this case, something's going to, you know, your job could be, you know, the parents could sue the city, blah, 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 including the police that say, oh, well, we can't do nothing about it. She was transgender. You know, I'm not saying that's what he said. I'm kind of guessing that's what he said. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it it's back in the day it, it's a toss up of how they would how they treated oh, yeah. um yeah. people who were not what they classified as normal, which nowadays what the heck is normal? Normal was out the window, I'm just saying. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um but the um Alameda um, County Sheriff's Office dispatched four crime scene investigators and two detectives to recover Gwen's body from the gravesite. The four who were initially arrested and accused of her murder was Michael, who was um, 22 years old, Jerron, who was 19, Jose, who was 22, 
and Paul. So Paul was released after Nicole and Emmanuel Morel told the police that he had left the scene with them. So Michael, Duran, and Jose were charged with murder on October 17th and held without bail. On October 24th, Jerron pled not guilty. Uh, Michael was still looking for an attorney, and Jose was still reviewing the evidence against him. Um, in an interview with the Los Angeles Times, Jose was confronted, was confront, confident, my bad, confident that the charges would be dropped. After he was arrested, uh, Jerron wrote a letter to a girlfriend in which he stated the defendants had discussed a soprano-type plan to kill the bitch and get rid of her body. The letter was intercepted by the sheriff's, the sheriff's officials and led to the arrest of Jason Cazares mm-hmm. on November 19th. Jason had been identified as a potential witness on October 22nd. Um, so then we go to the, we're going to go into the trial. So the first, at the first trial, defense attorney Tony Sarah accused Jerron, Jerron of writing the letter knowing it would be intercepted and implicate Jason. Which I'm like, Probably. so what? If he did, he did. That was the one moral thing he did. You know? Um, So talking about Jerron Nabar. Jerron pled guilty on February 24th, 2003 to a lesser charge of voluntary voluntary manslaughter, which carried an 11-year prison sentence along with a promise to testify against the other three defendants. So he took the plea deal. Which Oh, that pisses me off in so many ways. Okay. Uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um not, but... but during the formal entry of his plea, uh the judge Judge Burr um warned Duran that he could still be charged with murder if prosecutors found he was not living up to his end of the bargain. So if he wasn't doing what they offered him, he was going to face the max. No, no, you know, no plea deal was going to buy him out of it. So during the February 2003 indictment proceedings, Jerron gave... A detailed account of the murder and the burial. As they were burying her, the men continued to disparage her, which I'm just like disparage her. Disparage, which I'm like I don't know what that is. (laughs) I'm not trying to be funny. I just no, no. That's that's kind of like not a word that a lot of people use, but disparage means I'm going to put it to like how how it stated they kept saying that bitch that this that that you know they kept calling her names okay so insulting her insulting her yeah even though she's dead and they're burying her 
there's no need for that. Okay. You know, so they were still kind of upset and still, yeah, disrespecting her and calling her name. That's crazy. Um, so then Jerron, Jerron also testified that he stated he couldn't believe that someone would even do that, would be that deceitful, and that Jason Morrell added he was so mad he could still kick her a couple more times. Then, uh, Jerron received, so he received a seven, uh, not seven, 11 year sentence on August 25th, 2006, with credit for time served. And he was expected to spend approximately five years in jail at that point. And I'm just like, ugh, cringe, you know? Like, that's just so cringeworthy. So now, the other four. I mean, the other three. Um, So their first trial, right... Um, now, before the first trial, the prosecuting attorney, um, Al- Al- Alameda um, County Department Deputy District Attorney Chris Lamero argued that simply being transgender, transgender should not be a death sentence, which I definitely 100% agree, you know, just because you are who you are and you choose to express who you are, you should not be told, oh, well, you know, you're not being a guy or a girl. You're being two people right now. No, you're in a, you're, you're trans, you're in transformation and you shouldn't be killed just because you're in transformation, you know? Um, so one can debate that the pro that, the property of one choosing to identify with a gender other than the one they were born with, um, which I think, yeah, you granted there are still people who debate about it, but whatever. Um, he also states, but I trust juries to understand that people don't get to make life or death decisions simply based on someone's lifestyle. That's not a world in which I want to live or most people want to live in. So the jury selection for the trial of um, Michael, Jose, and Jason began on March 15, 2004. Prosecutor, um, prosecutive jurors, prospective, ah, why did I say prospective? <laughs> okay. Prospective jurors were asked if they knew any lesbians, gay, bisexual, or transgender people. Whether they knew any recently married same-sex couples, whether they had met any transgender people, whether they had seen a movie or a theatric performance depicting the activities of a transgender person, one of the defense attorneys explained that the last question was specifically asked if prospective jurors had watched the film Boys Don't Cry or the play The Laramere Project, but was, was changed over defense concerns that by being so specific, those who had not would be prompt to watch them. Which I'm like, 
what's the like why why are we asking that question you know yeah yeah um so the first trial began on april 14 2004 prosecuting attorney uh lamiro used male pronouns and her birth name to refer to gwen saying the defendants had decided that the wages of gwen Aroha, sin of deceptions were death. Um, in his opening statements, the defense attorney for Michael argued that he should not be charged with murder, rather manslaughter at worst. Under California law, Michael's attorney said that his client was not biased, but had been shocked beyond reason to learn he had unwittingly had sex with a man, a, va a variant of the gay panic defense. I call bull. I call bull. Um, so during his testimony, Jerron said he left his friends. He felt his friends had been raped since Gwen, whom he referred to as male, did not come clean with being what he really was. I feel like he forced them into homosexual sex and was, and my definition of rape was being forced into sex. When asked how she forced them, Nabar answered through deception. The first trial ended in a mistrial on June 22nd, following nine days of deliberation, when the jurors were unable to reach a unanimous decision for the three men, while the jury agreed that Gwen had been murdered, they could not agree whether it was premeditated. The final vo votes were 10 to 2 in favor of acquitting Jose and Jason of first-degree murder and seven to five in favor of convicting Michael of first-degree murder. Although they were given um, the option of convicting the men of second-degree murder of or manslaughter, they were unable to proceed past the first-degree murder deliberations. Um, one of the jurors wrote a newspaper article after the mistrial, and in it, he credited Jason's defense attorney, Tony um, Sierra, with introducing enough reasonable doubt about the veracity of the prosecution's witness, including both Nicole, who had admitted to consuming more than a dozen beers that night, and Jerron, who was characterized as a liar and chameleon, prone to exaggerate and eager to please in every social situation. Okay, so the second trial began on May 31st, 2005. Um, publicity by transgender activists was credited with in informing the public about the tactics the defense lawyers had adapted to blame Gwen for her own death, changing the approach to the case. The day after the first trial ended in a mistrial, um, a court granted Gwen's mother petition for a Post 
name change, requiring the defense lawyer to refer to the victim with her female pronouns. So Michael, Jose, and Jason were charged with first-degree murder with hate crime enhancement. Thank God. Yeah, man. Um, the three defendants testified in, in this trial, um, and each blamed one another, each blamed one another, including Jerron. Uh, Jerron testifying for the prosecution stated that Michael admitted to strangling Gwen. Uh, Jose testified that Jerron was responsible for the major head injuries to Gwen but supported the assertion 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 that Michael had strangled her. Michael testified that Jerron admitted he had strangled Gwen during Michael's testimony. A tape of his initial interview with the police was shown in which an investigator was recording was recorded which an investigator was was recorded coaching him to use the trans panic defense. You'll be surprised, moms, especially moms, if they knew the fact you'll be surprised. Which I'm like, what? So yeah. during the... <laughs> uh, during the closing statements of the second trial, uh... Uh, Jason's defense lawyer, Tony Sorrell, argued that the three defendants were ordinary human beings who were guilty at most of manslaughter for their role in the death of a classic state of heat of and passion. I don't see the heat or the passion. Um, so, Tony uh, also argued that Jason took no active role in killing her to avoid a second mistrial. Prosecuting attorney Chris Lamero agreed, I mean, argued for a first degree murder conviction, but gave jurors the option of a second degree murder conviction for the three and or even manslaughter for Jose. He asked the jury to return first-degree murder conviction for Michael and Jason, fingering Michael as the ma- the main culprit who had strangled Gwen and called him a poor excuse of a man with a stupid and moronic list of excuses for murdering her. On September 8th, the jury announced that it had reached the verdict of... On two of three defendants, as Judge Harry Shepard instructed, the verdicts were kept secret. On September, <clears throat> on September twelfth, after a week of deliberations, the jury announced its verdicts. It was deadlock on Jason, voting nine to three in favor of convicting him for murder. Michael and Jose were each convicted on the charge of second-degree murder, but not convicted of the hate crime enhancement allegation. After the trial, one of the jurors stated in an interview with San Francisco Chronicle that the murder conviction was 
because the community standards is not and cannot be that killing is something a reasonable person would have done that night. But not hate crimes since the murder was believed to have been committed not because Gwen was transgender, but to cover up a situation that had gotten out of control. I call bull. So, Lamero had undermined criminal intent by com- commenting, Gwen be- being transgender was not a proactive act. Uh, not, was not a provocative act. It was who sh- it's who she was. However, I would not further ignore the reality that Gwen made some decisions in her relation in her relation with these defendants that were impossible to defend. I don't think most jurors are going to think it's okay to engage engage someone in sexual activity knowing they assume you have one sexual anatomy and I can't even talk today, when you don't. Michael and Jason were sentenced in January um to 15 years in prison 15 to life in prison for a second degree murder while Jose expressed deep sorrow and regret to Gwen's family Michael was angry about his verdict and expressed no remorse for his role in murdering Gwen according to presiding judge Harry Shepard so now Jason to avoid a third trial, uh, Jason pled no contest to manslaughter on December 16, 2005. He was sentenced to six years in prison with credit for time already served. Attorney Gloria Alred represented Gwen's family. Jason asked to begin serving his sentence <coughs> after the birth of his third child. Scheduled for March or April 2006, which was granted. Although Lamero noted, it's difficult for me to entertain a request like that when Gwen is dead. According to Lamero, Jason was willing to plead guilty to being an accessory after the fact. But the deal was rejected because the sentence was just three years and admitted no culpability in the murder. So, after after the whole chaos, um, Gwen... Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. Gwen Arrojo was was mourned in a public funeral at St. Edward's Catholic Church in Newark on October 25th, 2002, um, Fred Phillips and members of the Phillips Westboro Baptist Church promised to picket the funeral, but did not. There were people th- there that picket with signs, but friends wore angel wings to block caskets, to block caskets from signs. Yeah, uh, the the yeah which I think that was that was yeah. really awesome. Yeah. She was cremated and her mother, Sylvia Guerrero, retained the urn with her ashes. 
Transvision, a comprehensive health and social service program for transgender people in Alamado County, was founded in 2002 and operated in Tri-City Health Center by Tri-City Health Center um, after the murder of Gwen. At the request of Guerrero, um, which is Gwen's mom, a judge posthumously changed uh, Gwen's legal name to Gwen Amber Rose Aroha on June 23, 2004. Amber Rose was the name Sylvia Guerrero um, would have named Gwen if she was born um, generically, um, not generically, um, born anatomically a girl. Um, But because she was born a boy, she ended up changing, you know, naming her um, after the father instead. Um... So, on the first anniversary of the murder, Horizon's Foundation created the Gwen Aroha Memorial Fund for Transgender Education. The fund's purpose was to support school-based programs in the nine-county Bay Area that promote understanding of transgender people and issues through annual grants. Though... Through these, this fund, Sylvia had her family speak, spoke in middle and high schools about tran- transgender awareness and understanding. By 2005, Gwen Guerrero, I mean not Gwen, uh, Sylvia Guerrero had spoken to more than 20 schools. The fund was closed sometime before September 2020. Um, Sylvia Guerrero worked as a legal assistant at a San Jose law firm, but as of 2016, she became homeless due to PTSD from the this whole incident. Um, Sylvia has been unable to return to work and now shuffles her belongings from relative's house using a borrowed car from a friend, um, which... It's just it's just bonkers. Like I said, I saw this um I heard, I saw this um episode well not episode um what brought me to this case um from a girl like me, the Gwen Arrojo story, which was on Lifetime and that was back in uh two thousand and six when it first aired. Um yeah. so that that was like, you know. Um then they have this um for murder among friends on ID um, investigation Discovery Channel, there was one um, murder party. I believe it was like season two, episode four. So now, here's a quick update on uh, the four idiots that committed this heinous murder. So Jason, he was released. From prison on July 2012. Uh, Jaron Nabar was released from prison sometime before 2016. Jose was granted parole in 2016 with the, with the support of Sylvia Guerrero. Which I'm like, wait, what? Um, then Michael said he was not ready for release at his parole board hearing in 2016, and his request for parole 
was also opposed by Guerrero. Michael was denied for parole again in September 2019. I feel the reason why... I think he still has no remorse for this, and he feels that he, he killed her for the right reasons. Which I'm like, there's no right reasons to kill anybody. You know? No, no matter how much you want to put it in your head, there's no right reason. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. And I think that the reason why Sylvia Guerrero um, supported Jose uh, Merrill's parole was because, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was the one that said sorry in open court to the family. Yeah, he he expressed remorse um, for what he did. But the thing is, and I understand where she's like, okay, you know what? He's expressing remorse. He's understanding that what he did was wrong. There was no need for it. You know? Um, But my opinion is sometimes these kind of things are too little, too late. Kind of comes into the thing. And... It's not right that they can live their life. They can have children. They can be in an intimate relationship with someone and grow old with someone. Yeah. Gwen can never do that. She could have right. she could have by now have adopted a kid. She could have by now right. been married with all the changes that has been made. You know, she could have yeah. had a beautiful life as a woman, but it was taken from her, you know? And that's where I'm just yeah. like, uh, I really think these guys should have stayed in prison longer than just the time that they had given to them. But once again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the law department. So. And, and I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm going to say this correctly. The person that basically got away with it, and I'm not saying that he did anything. Um, I forget his name. There was three that was tried. All four were tried, but one pled guilty because he took tried. he took the plea deal. The plea deal, that right? Jerron. So, I'm sorry, Jerron. Yeah, Jerron took the plea deal. Jerron took the plea deal. Okay. So for the for the prosecute for the prosecutor to make a deal like that. Yes, we all think that was the wrong decision. But we got to think that maybe he did it because he knew that the other three wouldn't, you know, there was no kind of evidence or way to get the other three unless he got one of the four to basically write on the other three. And I I personally think Jerron was the weaker one. Right, and that's usually the one that breaks first. Yeah, Jerron. Yeah. Jerron was the one who, you know, went along with things because it was what everybody wanted. You know, um, yeah. which is basically that's the perfect person for a cop in this kind of investigation. Is like, yeah, right. we need you to, you know, yeah. you know, we'll help you yeah. out. We'll we'll assist you if you, you know, if you cooperate with us. Yeah, we know you're not going to make it in jail. So I think it's best for you to help us out and get the other three. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so 
I think this case is terrible. Um, I hate that it happened. Um, and at that time, I understand what the lawyer said, which we all know is bullshit today. Yeah. But back then, they like, well, if she would have only, or in this case, he, because that's what they called her in, in court. In the first uh, trial. Everybody just said the truth. I'm sorry? In the first trial, they called her, they called her by male okay. pronouns. In the second trial, because her name um, was officially changed, they had to use okay. the female pronouns. Thank you. Okay, I understand that. So, I, um, back then, even though we all understand that the lawyer, you know, like we can all call bullshit today. But back then, it's like if he, if she would have just said that she was a man or boy, none of this would have happened. We talk about, you know, late nineties, early two thousand. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew anything about, you know, like this is all new and and uh, obscure. You know, it's like when. Most of us, when we see something new, we kind of like, oh, what, what the heck is that? And we kind of like want to push it away because we don't know what it is until we, you know, it's like a, it's like a new, a new person in school. Yeah. There's a lot of people that's like, oh, you know, she can't, this person cannot be in my circle because we don't know her or him. Until you get to know the person, then you're like, oh, she's really cool. You know, he's really cool. He should be with us. You know, he should hang with us. You know, it's kind of the same the same thing with that was new back in the day and that kind of time and and i'm not saying that that's when it started or that's when people because i understand that this has happened since the beginning of time just people back then didn't yeah um act on it or want to like listen i know i should have i know i born a man or boy i should but i know that i'm a girl I like that, you know, and all these, you know, all these um, things that they explain to the parents. Well, I like dolls and I like pink and I like, and parents like then is like, no, you're not a girl, you're a boy. You, that's what you accept. Now it's more like, what's the right word? P- people know, you know that that's an, a thing and we accept our children because they're our children no matter what and we love them no matter what. True. Back then, it didn't happen. A lot of parents would kick their kids out because they were gay or lesbian or, or transgender or whatever it was. So, but anyway, back to the kids. <laughs> um, no, because I, I think I think that was important because we're talking about a different time where people didn't, didn't weren't as woken or understanding as we are now. You yeah. Understand that all, you know, you know. So, but there is no reason for this this murder. No. The words, like again, I was raised in this era, so what I would understand is punching the punch him her in the face, and if you're not, if you you know, you consider him a him because you found out that he has something that a girl's not that doesn't have. You want to beat him up or beat her up in in Gwen's case? 
that's different. Hey, you shouldn't have done that to me, you know, and they fight. Yeah. Okay. Why, why? And the, the premise of it wasn't premeditated murder. They've been talking about this, this lady or this girl being a dude. And that if she was a dude, they would do bad things to her. They did. The beginning. Yeah. We think that she could, that um, Gwen could possibly be a dude, a guy. And um, Jose said, if he is a guy, she's not going to make it out. Yeah. Right. So that's not premed- that's premeditation right there. Exactly. But then here's the thing is that when they met her, so, when they met her a month prior to her death, um, they all stated yeah. stated it to themselves. They're like, wait, is that a dude? You know, they had that right. that that thing where could this be a guy? But yet, yet they even though they had that in the sub in the back of their mind, some of them still participated in sexual activities. Yeah. You know? So whether yeah. they can't say, Oh well she she deceived yeah. us. She was deceptive to us. Because if you had that thought from the moment you met her was that this could be a guy and you still yeah. had a sexual relationship, whether it was oral, whether it was anal, whatever. You still, yeah. at that moment, you didn't care about the back of your mm-hmm. mind of, wait, am I am I getting, you know, oral sex from a guy? Am I am I performing this with a guy? They didn't think about that. So the whole right. thing of where it's like, oh, this just happened on instant. No, what happened on instant was the fact that it was confirmed that Gwen still had a male reproductive system and you couldn't handle the fact that you, knowing in the back of your mind, decided to still go and have a sexual relationship with her. Right. And because now you feel disgusted, you just want to act like a dumbass. Right, like... Me, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not many, you know, I wasn't many teen, you know, like, like most teenagers, let me correct myself. If I had a suspicion, I would back away. Yeah. Like, I don't know, that could, that could, she, um, that girl probably was born a boy. You know, something, something's not adding up to me. I wouldn't be like, yeah, I think she's a boy, but I'm still going to let her do oral sex with me, or I'm still going to have anal sex with her. I don't understand that calculation. Last point. Sure. I don't understand how Nicole basically instigated all this and gets away scot-free. That's what I was going to say as well. Yeah. Because she instigated when when she said when she said that she wanted Gwen to strip so everybody could see what she got. And then she went to the bathroom and put her... Right. Exactly. And told everybody else she's an effing dude. Which she could have just simply looked at, you know, like, oh shit, realized, okay, she's a dude. 
I need to get her out of the house, though, before they do something wrong. Right. And said, no, right. she's a... Hey, guys, no, she's a girl. You know, I checked it. You know, she's not going to feel comfortable showing her private part to you guys. She's not ready for that part of, you know, intimacy level. But I checked it. Being a girl myself, I checked it. She's good. Um, You know, we're going to bounce, though, because you guys just made this whole night, like, so effed up. And then, you know, and leave, you know, with Gwen. You know, and... And then there's four there's four guys, four men, in a house with one girl. And then they say, Hey shit, we want to see what you got. What girl's gonna be like, okay. No girl. <laughs> right? No girl is gonna do that. Exactly. Mm-mm. That's my point. Like, even whatever what you know. Whatever Gwen was born with, no girl is gonna be like, okay, I wanna, I'll show you. Nobody's gonna do that. No. Nobody. <laughs> you know. And even if the tables were turned the other way around, no guy and is gonna go and say, okay, yeah. let me strip down for you girls so you can see that I'm actually a guy. You know. What? It's it's both ways. It does not work that no way. Right. You know. Exactly. That is like. That's like having your heart on your sleeve, but where everybody else could see it, you know? And you you never want to have it where people could see that you're vulnerable. And I feel like exactly. your private parts are your vulnerable parts, you know? Right. And yeah. it's only meant for that specific person, you know, that you feel comfortable so with. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, the, my my very last point is, uh, do we do we remember that Christmas is like two days away, and we came up with this case? Oh, uh, well, okay. So I was originally gonna do the Christmas killer, um, okay. but what happened was I was watching TV, and I real I was watching TV and I was also on YouTube looking up information on the Christmas thing. And I realized everybody was doing the Christmas killer this week. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah. no, I don't want to be like what everybody else is doing. I want to do something different. And I was watching. I went on Amazon Prime and I was watching um, shows. And then I was watching documentaries. Uh, let's be honest, Sam. And then I ran up on the, the movie A Girl Like Me. And I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and watch. Let me watch it. And I was like, you know what? This is different. This is... Yeah. You know, and then I realized that the same bill that was passed um, in association to Larry King, remember the teenage guy, the teenage um, yeah. kid that died, that we did, um, I think, yeah. last season? I um, so, yes. So... That he, that he went by the name Letitia King. Letitia, yes, okay. So yeah, um, Gwen and Letitia both are the the reasoning, are the the murder reasonings for the bill, um, Assembly Bill Number Twenty Five Hundred One. So I was like, cool, you know, this is. 
this is related to the other case I did. Um, and that's where this all came up. So, yeah. It was because I was watching I was watching the movie, and it just clicked in my head how we already did one part, and I just might as well tie the knot on this bill and <sighs> let you guys know how no, life I mean, was back then. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's a great case. So you know, it, it was just, it was good to discuss it, and you know, and the, and the, you know the the bigger thing for me is how how different times are from when I grew up. Yeah, and you know, and you were born, and that kind of it's kind of like wow, times have really really changed, and yes. for the better, for the better. A lot of times, like. All times have changed for the worse. No, but this is for the better. Yeah. You know, people are actually being awoken by things that need to be, you know, we need to learn about and, and discuss. And we're talking about people. We're not talking about anything else. So I'm True. not going to try to compare it because I'm, I'm not going to do it. But we're talking about human beings that should be, have every right as every other human being in this world. Yes, most definitely. Um, so to wrap this up, um, and let you guys get back to your holiday spirits, um, if you guys want to send us a message, (coughs) you can always, um, Instagram us, or well, send us a message on Instagram at, I believe, I forgot it, but Murderous Intentions, yeah, I forgot it. Uh, Murderous Intentions Podcast, um, or you can email us at Murderous underscore Intention, wait, no, Murderous Intentions underscore 21 at gmail.com. Is that right? I think so. I believe so. I think it's murderous and sentence 21 at gmail.com. No well, underscore. All right. Okay, so there's no underscore. Well, either way. <laughs> either way, guys, we'll get it right when we write it, when we've added to the, um, to the, uh, when we post this. Yes, this was a very long. <laughs> yeah. This was a long episode. Um, but guys, please, uh, enjoy your holiday. Stay safe. Um, and we'll see you. If not next week, then the week after. But definitely we will see you again. Yes. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.